Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast. We are back again with another episode today. I am your host, Jared Bradford. I'm here with my good friend, Connor Mueller. Connor, we're back again. How are you feeling? We're back. I feel good. Sleep. I'm a little sleep deprived today. That happens with babies. Yeah. Yes. It happens with dogs too, apparently. It does. Yeah. Yes. I heard scouts in a big cone right now. Yeah. We're both a little bit sleep deprived and I feel weird saying it because because it, it's about a dog but it is he just got neutered uh I don't know five days ago on Tuesday today is Sunday he got neutered five days ago so him being the high energy dog that he is it's been tough to like take keep him down and they've given him a couple different sedatives like prescriptions that we give him every day and it's really not working too well because he's still excited about things so yeah, we're dealing with that, but uh, I feel that we haven't been on the podcast together in a while, so this is good to have us both on. I feel like you haven't been around as much in the past three months, given that Barrett has been born and around now in life, which is a beautiful thing, but now I'm happy that we're here and we're going to talk about uh, something really cool and different today. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's good to be back doing this. Yeah, I mean, you're in your new office. You guys just moved. Yeah. A new house. So it's been a lot of changes the past three months. Yeah. We just can't seem to take our foot off the gas pedal over here. People mm-hmm. think people think we're crazy for, you know, having having a newborn, buying and selling a house, moving. But the reality is this is actually a great time to just do all of these things because Corey and I are both still on parental leave. Yeah, you'll never have more time. And he knew that yeah. you guys would have to move for his job, or at least, you know, to make it easier for his job. Because yeah. he got a new job as well. I mean, so much has changed. Um, so much is progressing, I should say. But yeah, that you're right. There is no better time. Because if you guys waited another month, now you're having to deal with jobs and moving. Yes, and baby. exactly. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine doing what we've done in the past 12 weeks if we were both working. Yeah, very would, tough. Yes. So this is everything happens for a reason. And it happened at the right time. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah. The house looks great. We I, we got a good uh, tour of it and it was still very cluttered, but I'm excited to see the finished yeah. product. And you guys got the garage gym going on and set yep. up some new equipment. You guys have a lot of good green space there in, in northern Michigan. So I, I would love to get into today's topic and I think you're going to lead the way and we're going to talk a little bit about starting a business and social media and how not to use social media when yeah. you're starting a business. So that's all I'm going to say about it now. And if you're ready to kind of take the reins, I am officially sending them to you. Yeah. This topic is really interesting to me because I kind of have a lot of business ideas. I really admire entrepreneurs and people that start their own businesses I haven't really taken that step yet myself, but I also hate social media. I'm not really on Instagram or Facebook anymore. When you're starting a business, I think the first thing people do is start an Instagram page. Would you agree with that? It's probably one of the first steps. And I think it might depend on the field of what they're in. 
Mm. I think if you're like a coach, some sort of coaching thing, I think that is usually yeah the first. Yes. And oftentimes I f- feel or I observe that businesses are exclusively mostly an Instagram thing. Mm-hmm. I think we have gone into that. I've done that for sure with like Sisu and stuff in the past where I feel like it was more of just like run on Instagram and not a legitimate business. So I think it does depend on the business, but it is for sure one higher up on the list to like get into social media when you have a business. Yeah, you're right in that. I see it a lot with coaching businesses where they get on Instagram and there's almost pressure to be seen on Instagram. And in order to be seen on Instagram, you have to post content all the time. I don't know. I haven't done this myself, but from what I've heard and what we've talked about is the algorithms on Instagram are pretty shitty. So you're not necessarily getting seen, even if you're posting content several times a day or every day. Yeah. So it just feels, to me, it feels like a grind. And you kind of feel like, man, I am posting all the time and it's actually not leading to any paying clients. There has to be so much promotion involved with the Instagram to actually get yourself seen. It's, I think it's very rare at this point to have like bootstrapped yourself and just posting good things to actually get out there in the algorithm naturally. Yes. I think a lot of things are paid or you have like highly professional people doing Instagram posts Mm -hmm. for the business and it's not just like you or me doing my own business and then doing my own posts like it's a lot of work instagram itself is its own job Mm -hmm. that's how much commitment it takes it's a big time suck yeah and then you have to kind of weigh how much time am i spending posting to instagram and how many clients is that leading to Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it seems really lopsided. I would guess it's probably not leading to very many paying clients. So yeah, yeah go ahead. When I see coaches, like nutrition coaches, and I, this is not to disqualify any of them, but there's so many of them on Instagram that yeah. you become lost in the weeds. Like nothing is really separating a lot of the different coaches. And that doesn't disqualify anybody from doing that. Um, because there are a lot of really good people that have 100 followers or whatever that are doing amazing things versus the person who has a million. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really hard to distinguish yourself within that. And um, when I see the coaches say, I have one client opening starting this month, like DM me if you want in. I'm like, hmm. really? Uh, really? You sure about that? you sure about that? Like, I'm pretty sure you always have an opening. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a way, it's a marketing tactic, right? Yeah. Or like, they're always posting that. So like, is anyone actually signing up? I often wonder, I was like, who is actually um, signing up? Because I know that I've been there where with Sisu, where I've been like trying to promote myself and get clients on. And I know how hard and rare it is for someone to DM you and be like, hey, I actually would love to sign up like right now. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. happen unless you are the celebrity type of figure influencer with hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers. Yes. Yeah. Man, you said something about the coaching industry. I've noticed a huge surge probably since COVID where every coach started a business on Instagram. And I think especially in our space of fitness, health, wellness, 
it's a big space. There's lots of people in this space and it's, it's hard to be seen on that platform. Mm-hmm. So I, I found this webinar because I was thinking I'm kind of reconsidering my career path. What do I want to do? I really want to take charge of my day, take charge of my time, balance family life with work life. And so I thought, man, starting a business is appealing, but the steps that I think I need to take are unappealing to me. Instagram, social media, marketing myself being one of them. So I I found this webinar and the webinar was by uh, a gal who her business is called The Uncaged Life, The Uncaged Life. Mm-hmm. And she helps new businesses, startups, you know, really get crystal clear on what their business is and how to promote it. And she did a webinar about how to start a business without social media. And I thought, yes, sign me up for that. That sounds great. <laughs> so I thought it'd be fun to kind of talk about my biggest takeaways from that webinar. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. And if anyone listening wants to, listen to the webinar, you can go to her site and it's listed under the free resources. So anyone can go back and watch the, the re- recording of it. And what was the site again? Uh, the Uncaged Life. Okay. The Uncaged Life. So the first takeaway that I had from this was she talks a lot about getting really clear on your niche. So get really clear on your target audience. So one thing that new businesses tend to do is they want to market to everybody mm-hmm. because they see their product, their coaching service as being beneficial to anybody. So I'll use myself as an example. So as a nutrition coach, I've had experience coaching everybody, every client between the age of I don't know, 18 to 80. And I feel like I would be limiting myself if I said, oh, I coach women in their 30s, for example. Mm -hmm. But that's actually what you want to be doing. You want to create a really, really specific target audience. Because if you're marketing to everybody, you're basically found by nobody. Does that make sense? Yeah. It sounds really counterintuitive because you think, oh, I'm going to limit myself. But if you have a niche, that really specific target audience, then those people are going to find you. Mm -hmm. Because other folks searching for nutrition coach, they're typing into Google nutrition coach and, you know, millions of results, millions of coaches pop up. But the 30-year-old, maybe it's a postpartum 30-something-year-old is typing in, you know, postpartum nutrition coach. And mm-hmm. then, you know, a smaller amount of coaches are going to pop up. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And it's, it, it, it doesn't, it might sound counterintuitive. It might sound limiting. But yeah, it's really not. It's kind of like our podcast. And we don't follow this rule. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> to be honest, right? Uh, we're, we're guilty of, of it, it, but ours, we're not trying to like, let's reach everybody. That's not our goal with all the different mm-hmm. topics. Our, yeah. our goal is to talk about what we want to talk about. Um, it's pretty all, all encompassing. 
topics of just whatever we're feeling in life or whatever's happening in our life at the time. But for example, like we've done podcasts about rugby Mm -hmm. and that was specific. So if somebody was to search rugby podcast, you know, we would more likely be found versus Mm -hmm. like uh, if someone was to search, I don't know what our, our health lifestyle podcast training podcast, we would be probably not found. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, if that makes sense because we're so like, we're so broad. We have so much of everything, but at one time we were the rugby warrior podcast, right? So mm-hmm. that became more niche and, and specific to us. Yes. So that would be more of the goal. Get specific. Yes. Get, get really specific on your target audience. Um, and going along with getting specific on your target audience is you want to identify the problem that you're trying to solve for that audience. So if it's a coaching service, what problem am I solving Mm -hmm. for these folks? And I don't know, I wanted to use wild fit as an example and kind of ask, okay, what, what problem is wild fit trying to solve for, for people? Yeah, Wildfit's a. Are you asking me? Yeah. Okay, Wildfit's a great example too. I'm, it's a better example than our podcast because this is now specific. So someone could search a training program to lose weight, and you know you you would never mm. find us. Yeah. But now we got specific with Wildfit. So, uh, hunters, hikers, backpackers, um, tactical professions, stuff like mm-hmm. that. That's what it's geared towards. And that's very specific. Um, so what is, did you ask what is WildFit? What problem are we solving? Yeah, what problem so is WildFit solving for folks? We're solving the issue of uh, injury or deconditioning or Ooh. lack of strength within the community I just described. Yes. So there was stories when we first started that Corey brought up about hunters a hunter, specifically this story, that he was a guy in his 50s or 60s, and he went hunting, didn't train at all, never did anything, went hunting, shot a deer, tried to drag the deer out of the woods, mm-hmm. and he died of a heart attack. Mm-hmm. So, boom, there's our problem solving that we're, we have going on. We don't want that to happen. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and it goes beyond that. If you like, want to really push yourself into like, high mountain hunting, um, you need a lot of good training to be able to accomplish those things because now you're not just dragging a deer half a mile out of the woods to your truck. You're dragging a deer or whatever you shoot over mountains yeah. to get back to base camp or just backpackers or uh, just hikers that want to get out there and, and continue to enjoy nature. Yeah. Yeah. These are these are really good things that you're talking about. It's It's interesting because... I I was curious if there were similar programs to WildFit out there. Mm-hmm. And there there are. Yeah. Um I found one. I won't share the name of the company because I think it's kind of a bad example, but it's pretty common. I'm trying to find it here. What I notice with a lot of businesses is they use a lot of fluffy language. Totally. I'm glad you said this, yeah. And you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I can so name a couple uh, things that I found. Yeah. So here's, here's a similar fitness program to Wild Fit, but 
they this is what they say when you say it's like the about me page we leverage hunting to create more discipline in our life that sounds really good but what do you do i don't understand what what is that business and if you ask them like okay that's that's all good but what do you actually do oh we write programs for hunters boom that's what you do and I noticed this a lot. There's another one I wanted to share that's a terrible example. Um, it's a nutrition coach. Again, I'm not going to share who exactly it is. But you read, you read what this person does and you think, what? Who, who, are, they, who are they serving? What problem are they solving? So this is what she says. She says, I help women raise their energetic vibration in the world and claim a deep feeling of energy, clarity, vitality, and confidence. She's a nutrition coach. So then if you said, all right, if I asked her, what, what exactly do you do? I don't understand what you do. She would say, oh, I work with women that struggle with emotional eating. Oh, just say that. Just say that. Mm -hmm. What's with all this fluff? It's, I might be like going back to try to distinguish yourself in a pool of all the same raindrops that have fallen mm -hmm. in this pool. You know, I think that might be it or just trying to sound creative and different. Not defending mm -hmm. it because I totally agree with you, but trying to rationalize it. I think that might be it. But yeah, I think I agree with you. Say what you do up front. Boom. To the point. Yes. Yeah. Right. I, I noticed this a lot because I was searching for postpartum training programs mm -hmm. and I saw this a lot in the postpartum coaching world. There's a lot of coaches out there doing this and they're using that really fluffy language of I help postpartum women, you know, safely reenter a workout routine doing using different modalities and they just they fluff it up they fluff the crap out of it and i was thinking a lot about you know i think google is a really good place to start when you're thinking about how to market your business and you basically put yourself in the shoes of the person you're trying to market to and you think what are the what are these people typing into Google. So for WildFit, I was thinking about this. What are, what are people who would want to find WildFit typing into Google? And they're typing in things like, how do I get in shape for hunting? What's the best workout for hunters? How do I build my endurance for hunting? Mm -hmm. um, what strength training should I do for backpacking? Um, and also, since you're targeting these outdoor professions, and, you know, forestry service, rangers, uh, folks like that, you know, people are typing in like Corey would type in something to Google along the lines of how do I pass MCOLs? Mm -hmm. How do I pass the wildland pack test? Or I'm thinking of like firefighters. Um, there's probably fitness tests. I think it's the CPAT or... There's like another one called the NF, NFPA test. But those folks, they're typing into Google, how do I pass this test? And 
WildFit solves that issue. And you could very simply say, I help folks pass MCOLs. I help folks pass the wildland pack test. You're solving that problem. And you're also speaking the language that they're using. You're not, you're not trying to use this flowery language. Or overly complicated language. Like we were talking yeah. when we're coaching, like know your audience, right? Talk to them in mm, yeah. layman's term, honestly. Yeah. No one cares about uh, what muscles are being used or whatever, flexion, yeah. extension, whatever, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You plug in big words. No one, people are going to tune out. It's boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny going back to the, the, my postpartum search. There's a lot of postpartum coaches. They talk about pelvic floor and transverse abdominis and all these things. And most women, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the knowledge base is around pelvic floor and TVA and all this stuff. And um, I was thinking, I was like, man, if I, if I started a postpartum coaching business, my platform would be I help I have, I help athletes. I help postpartum athletes stop peeing their pants. Mm-hmm. That would be what I would do. Yeah. Because you know that women that are working out, they're typing into Google, how do I stop peeing my pants during a workout? During double unders, during deadlifts. Yes, everything. during box jumps, yeah. during all this stuff and it's like boom. That's my business. Someone else yeah. is going to steal that. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's a lot of people don't do that. They, again, they just use too much fluff. But I thought that was a good takeaway. Get really clear yeah. on your niche. Really understand your audience. Understand what problem you're solving and use, use their language. Um, okay. Another takeaway that I had. This goes back to, okay, now we have this foundational piece of understanding your target audience. And so getting away from social media, okay, how do I sell to my target audience? And in this webinar, she talks about take advantage of other people's audiences. So rather than trying to build your own following on Instagram, take advantage of other people's audiences. A way to do that is ask to be on someone else's podcast. So find a podcast that is established, has an audience, and kind of speaks to your target audience. I don't know what that would be for WildFit. It'd be interesting to look, to kind of search around and look for podcasts that are putting out similar content. There's all sorts of podcasts like... um it's not even specific to there's not a lot of hunting podcasts actually that are like actually mm. really solid professional yeah. good topics regularly updated podcasts yeah. but there are a ton of like manly like i don't know how you would describe them testosterone type podcasts right yeah. that would fit yeah. the bill um uh there's like the dad edge podcast type of thing there's mm-hmm. i mean how many fitness podcasts are out there I think all it would be an interesting topic for any other podcast like that. Yes. Because hunting, traditionally, pretty masculine thing. Fitness, yeah. pretty masculine thing, right? It kind of fits yeah. the bill, and it's a little different twist for maybe their normal subject matter. Yeah. It's still in the same arena. 
Yes. And I think it was interesting because she talked a lot about reach out to those podcasts, you know, pitch an idea to them because there we know this because we have a podcast is they're always looking for content. They're always looking to interview people. They need they need to bring folks on their podcast, too. So you're solving a problem for them Mm -hmm. by reaching out and kind of pitching a cool idea to them. Um, She also talked about along the lines of taking advantage of other people's audiences is asked to write content for someone else. You know, a lot of these people have blogs, websites, write a piece of content for them, um, ask to be featured on someone else's blog, um, offer, offer to be a guest on somebody's webinar, offer to do a free training for somebody's Facebook group. So you're really taking advantage of of their pool of people. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yeah. It was cool because in this webinar, she actually had someone on her team. Um, it was kind of a collaboration because she's the uncaged life is all about business startups, but she brought in someone that does this mindset piece on imposter syndrome. And it was, they were executing this exact, this exact advice because she brought in this person who does mindset because that's a big hang up for a lot of new businesses is the imposter piece. So she's like, I'm going to help you clarify your niche and get out there and market. This girl, she's going to help you get over the mindset part of it. Oh, yeah. Using other people's audiences. It's so... uh, When you go into, like, uh, say, a brick and mortar, like, storefront, you... I don't know about anybody else, but I just assume that the person working there or the owner has just been doing this forever and knows everything about it and Mm -hmm. is like, this is the guy or the girl like there's a flower a plant shop right near us flora flower company and they're brand new and this uh the owner is uh a a girl lady who's like in her late 20s early 30s Mm -hmm. and uh, i just can't help but think of her when you mentioned like like imposter syndrome not saying that she does i don't know her at all but i feel like that's of such a normal thing that until you're in that situation, you don't feel like that. Like as a customer, mm-hmm. I assume that she's not an imposter. Like no one else is thinking mm. of that about the the person who feels that way. I guess that's what mm-hmm. I'm trying to get at. Mm-hmm. Like I don't feel like you would be an imposter for uh, being a CrossFit coach, but you have felt that way, right? Mm-hmm. And I have felt that way. So that is such an interesting hang up uh, and where it comes from. And I have no idea. And that's a whole different subject. but that's totally worth getting into as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, gosh, something else. You just said something that that reminded me of these businesses on Instagram. I think another mistake that I notice is these businesses make it about them. So when I'm looking for postpartum coach and I stumble along someone's Instagram page and it's their business page. It's photos of them working out. Mm. And it's kind of the, um, they kind of use it as a platform to, I don't know. Is this making sense? 
it's it's all about them. They're they want to be in the spotlight. Every Instagram post is a picture of them. And I get it, you're the face of your business, but ultimately I think I would like to see the people that you're helping, testimonials from the people that you're helping, your athletes. Um, I think that's more powerful than having an Instagram business page that's just all you. It's all you working out all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that comes across as uh, more genuine, authentic, and like this is actually a business that has an Instagram account. Mm-hmm. versus an Instagram account that is a business. Mm-hmm. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. But yeah, just another interesting side note. Um, okay. And then the last takeaway that I had from this that kind of goes along with taking advantage of other people's audiences is she talked about reaching out to your competition. So... We kind of said there's there's lots of people doing the things that we do. There's lots of nutrition coaches out there. There's lots of people writing workout programs out there. But reach out to your competition knowing that the chances are that they're doing something really similar but slightly different from what you do. So I'm trying to think of an example. So for example, if your if your business model, I'm not saying this is the business model, but if your business model is I help people pass MCOLs, pass fitness tests um, for their profession, you might reach out to your competition of someone that's creating a fitness program for a police academy. And you could say, hey, I see that you do X, Y, Z. I see that you create these programs for law enforcement. I help people pass MCOLs before they get into the police academy. Um, I'd really like to refer my clients to you. And you kind of make friends with your competition, knowing that it'll, it'll turn into this relationship where you refer clients to them and they refer clients to you Mm -hmm. because they're probably getting requests saying, wait, I'm going into law enforcement and I want to utilize these workouts, but I have to pass M Coles first. And they could say, man, I have the guy for you. Yeah. Yeah. Collaboration. Yeah. I couldn't help. I know we're relating it back to WildFit, but I couldn't help but think of like uh, Etsy. And like anything that's sold on Etsy and how like collaboration could be so key there. Like uh, we have, I've bought in like uh, paintings and stuff off Etsy. And then those paintings have like referred me to uh, a frame, like mm. people who do frames. It's like, boom, bundle this and you save yes. whatever, 10%. And then you're buying from both. And yeah, so that makes a whole lot of sense because uh, they, they're not direct competition, but they're in the same field. Yes. Right? Yeah. I think that's more in line. I think the direct competition, um, uh, when you start talking about this, they are talking about this now in CrossFit at the level two. Um, they, they're talking about how many CrossFit gyms are in a single city sometimes and how it should not be about competition. You should actually reach out to those other boxes, come together, do coaching seminars, have coaching summits uh, within the city and and lift up the brand of CrossFit and the name of CrossFit because 
if one person goes to gym A and their coaching sucks and it's just not very inclusive or just good, that person has a horrible experience and then CrossFit is bad, where CrossFit box B um, you know, has a lot of good things going on. Mm-hmm that person will never know what true CrossFit is, right? So, but Mm -hmm. if those two boxes just kind of did like once a year or something like that, you know, where they came together, have open coaching, uh, like we used to do at Worthy, the coaching, uh, I don't know, seminars and stuff. That's a lot better for everybody in the city because then more and more people are going to hear about CrossFit and then people are going to live in different areas of the city and they're going to go to different boxes, whether they're based on, you know, they hear it from friends okay now mm-hmm. i'm gonna try it right yes yeah i think it's interesting it's interesting to take this approach because i think most people would shy away from this because they would say oh that business is my competition when the reality is you could really utilize them so hypothetically if i said all right, I work with postpartum athletes. I work with postpartum CrossFit athletes. I could find someone that works with female CrossFit athletes in their 30s and 40s and say, hey, we kind of do the same thing. I help postpartum win- win- women, you know, not pee their pants when they're <laughs> working out. And I see that you program for women in their 30s and 40s. Um, I'd love to send people to you. And then maybe when they have somebody who goes through pregnancy, has a baby, they would refer those people to me. Mm-hmm. And that's how that relationship would work. So I know it's interesting. It's an interesting way to kind of nip the competition in, in the bud. Yeah. There's, yeah. Enough, there's enough pie for everybody. Yeah. There's way more people just simply, when we were talking about fitness, there's way more people simply not doing those things. Uh, than are doing those things. So if you can get those people that aren't doing them in, it doesn't, competition doesn't, there's enough for everybody. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, so that was the third one. Kind of reach out to your competition, identify your competition, reach out to them. And again, those are the people that you can take advantage of their audience. Mm-hmm. Um, see what podcast they've gone on, try to get on the same podcast, say, Hey, I saw that you did an episode with this company mountain fit or whatever it is. And I thought it was really great. I have a slightly different take on this idea with wild fit that I'd love to talk about and see if that podcast goes for it. Um, and then, yeah, get really clear on your, your target audience. Mm-hmm. Those were my three biggest takeaways. Yeah, it all makes a lot of sense. It definitely simplifies and clears the the mud about how you can get involved with a business and promote a business without direct use of social media and content making every day. Because mm-hmm. it has yeah, to be and, every day. Yeah, and the idea is that all of these things lead to paying clients versus running running into the grind the hamster wheel of Instagram. Yeah. Um another oh another thing that she mentioned was YouTube is a really great place to post content because it's not social media. I think a lot of people think YouTube is social media, but YouTube is a search engine. Mm-hmm. 
So you can you can make this it's called evergreen content. It's always good. It's it's speaking to your target audience. It's the pillars of your business. And posting that to YouTube will get found more easily than posting that content to Instagram. So if you say if you posted a YouTube video on pass M calls in six months by following this this fitness program, then people can will find that. Mm-hmm. Then if you posted that to an Instagram page. That makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, I think YouTube is the biggest search engine right behind Google. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a yeah. second. Uh, YouTube is just Google with videos. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. We should get back on YouTube. Uh, we're not, I'm, I've like totally gotten away from Instagram on the podcast pretty much in the past three months. I would love to post our stuff on YouTube again. Yeah, it's, it's something that didn't dawn on me until I heard that. And the, the gal that was running this webinar, she said, you know, I, I posted a video three years ago and I still get two to seven clients every month based on that video Mm -hmm. because she always will ask an incoming client, Hey, how'd you find me? And they'll say, Oh, I found you this video on YouTube and it had a link to your website in it. Yeah. And she said she made she made that piece of content once. It lives on YouTube forever and it's getting her 2 to 7 paying clients every single month. Yeah. That's legit cuz I mean, you think about the algorithms on Instagram and TikTok and and maybe Facebook too. Yeah. Uh, it goes away. Mm-hmm. It just like goes away after a while. It gets a bunch of popularity and then it goes away and trends come and they go. YouTube mm-hmm. is forever. If you search the thing, the thing will pop up there. Yeah. And there's, it's kind of nice to create this really great piece of content that lives on YouTube versus trying to create content daily, multiple times a day and killing yourself posting to Instagram all the time, which mm-hmm. is what I think people feel they have to do to be seen yeah. in that platform. You got to stay up with the trends, the trending mm-hmm. audios and the, the whatever it might be on Instagram. You got to keep up with it. Be ahead yeah. Of it. Yeah. So I don't know. It was really interesting. I'm not a fan of Instagram. So this, mm-hmm. this webinar really spoke to me and it seemed like, and the other thing I was getting is you don't, a new business, especially a coaching business, you don't need hundreds of clients. You need, I don't know, a handful, a dozen, two dozen paying clients mm-hmm. every month. And it just seemed like this was, this was the way. <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. <laughs> did she touch on having your own website? Yeah, she did. Um, she talked a lot about on your website, um, and you've probably seen this going to other people's websites, is on their main page, they have kind of an about me section, and then they have an as seen on section. And they have, they have people's logos up there. So as seen on this podcast, that podcast, this blog, this magazine, so that that's that goes back to anytime 
you take advantage of other people's audiences and you're featured on a blog, in somebody else's post, on a podcast, get their logo and it gives you credibility when you post that on your website Mm. in the as seen on section. And then you can direct people there and say, hey, this is what I do. If you want to hear more about it, I was featured on this person's podcast. And it just adds to your credibility because people are thinking, oh, you've been featured on other people's stuff, other people's platforms. You're, it, you're more legit that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And uh, so uh, not, not to detract from that subject line too much of what you're saying from the webinar, there was probably... I don't know how long it was when I was running Sisu and I was like, I I should, maybe I should get a website. Mm. Eventually at some point, Instagram is either going to go away. It's going to trend and people aren't going to be as popular with it, or they're going to add features that people don't like as much. And it's going to start trending away. Will your business survive? Mm. Are you setting yourself up to you, but your own website that's yours. Mm-hmm. And that's there. People will always be able to search and Google and find your website. Mm-hmm. If Instagram is gone, is your business gone? I think uh, a lot of mm. coaches especially should think about that and look at that. Yeah. Uh, because your website is yours. You own it. You own the domain. It's yeah. Yours. Man, that would suck to have all of your content on Instagram and then for Instagram just to die. Yeah. And you have, you have all that. All of that is just kind of lost. Yeah, a lot it's of living on a dead platform. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's going to completely go away. But, you know, I don't know. It's stuff happens like Instagram is introducing like uh, like AI now, like artificial intelligence into its mm-hmm. app for some sort of use. I, I don't know what to like make content by itself. You could type in exactly what you want and then it'll just like pop out a video uh, type of thing. Mm. Um, weird, which is very weird. I got rid of Snapchat because I don't understand AI and like AI is becoming more invasive mm-hmm. into our world. So if it becomes like a big part of Instagram, I just don't understand it. And not to sound like an old man or like, it's mm-hmm. not the way it used to be, but I don't really want to mess with that stuff if I don't understand it. Yeah. You know, so I think, I don't think I'm the only one like that. Um, so it's just a thought, you know, websites, you own them. Man, AI is kind of scary because there's, I mean, there's talks of replacing health coaches with AI. Totally. And that's nuts. In theory, you could replace it with anything. Yeah. So they've already replaced, they've used AI to um, perform financial advisorship roles and uh, investment roles. And they wow. outperform the humans by up to 60% in returns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just like a short, very short span. But I mean, yeah. proof is there. Uh, yeah. It's coming. There's, um, for the company that I work for, they're talking about replacing a lot of customer service roles with AI. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a, cheaper. Yeah. To, I mean, yeah. You, can't, you can't, you can blame them. I don't want to defend that because you're taking people's it's taking people's jobs. But AI has been here for a while, like self-checkout. It goes back to self-checkouts and the groceries. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just today, like 
I was looking at a firm, you know, a firm and it's all virtual assistant. Like, hi, this is Veronica, your virtual mm, assistant. And yeah. it does everything. Amazon is all AI customer service. You can't yeah. talk to a real person. It's already here. It's been here. And it's just going to become more and mass and popularized and cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, if you think you can, if you're going to miss the days of like just calling up someone and talking to them about a product, just wait. It's never going to happen. Be able to happen. Yeah, you know, I like don't you, like it. If you want to like call call Rogue Fitness or something and talk to them about an order you want to put in, like I think that type of stuff is all going away. Yeah. It's crazy. I hate it. I, I really hope that doesn't happen. It's weird, confusing. Anyways, yeah. that's a different topic. Um, well, this was really informative, Connor. So we got a little uh, sidetrack at the end. I want to see if, if you have anything else to add. Maybe you can drop exactly where this webinar was again. Um, and, yeah. and then we'll get out of here. Yeah. Uh, so the webinar was on the uncaged life, the uncaged life. You can find it in the free resources tab on the website. And really, my three biggest takeaways were get really clear on your target audience take advantage of other people's audiences, and then reach out to your competition and use your competition to your advantage to get referrals. Love it. All without Instagram. No social media. It's a great yeah. goal. Well, uh, thank you, Connor. I, I loved the info. And I think we've been talking about kind of producing WildFit more, but we don't want to use social media with it because we've been down that road before. So We'll see what we can do to kind of help grow that a little bit. And for anybody else there trying to start a business, a little side business or your own business, big or small, these are some great tips. We will be back next week. Thank you for listening. What do we say at the end? I like meat. (laughs) (laughs) We like meat. (laughs) 